The Islanders came up small when they needed to come up big. A disappointing and unacceptable effort against the Washington Capitals takes the Islanders' playoff destiny out of their own hands. We have our key takeaways from the game and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Make sure you subscribe to get the newest episodes in your inbox as soon as they are released. We're on all your platforms and YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, this one hurts. Uh, There is no way around it. There is nothing else to say. This one hurts. The New York Islanders no longer control their own destiny. And it only took 63 seconds for this game to fall apart. We'll get to that in just a minute. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment about something we've talked about, or maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for instant insight and analysis. And it's always great to interact with Isles fans, game time or any time. This was just unacceptable. The Islanders go into this game controlling their own destiny against a team that is more than, what, 10 points behind them in the standings is eliminated from playoff contention, and announces before the game is started that Nick Dowd, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, TJ Oshie, and yes, Alexander Ovechkin are all not going to dress in this game. In fact, the Islanders' opponents, the Washington Capitals, only had 17 players dressed for this game to the 18 for the Islanders. They had 11 forwards, 
and six defensemen. And here were the Islanders with the season on the line where you win and you control your own destiny. And what happens? This team doesn't show up. They absolutely lay an egg and it took 63 seconds. 63 seconds for this game to be not quite out of reach, but you knew that soon into the game that this was not the Islanders' night. And it was just absolutely ugly. A short side goal by Dylan Strom, and then a little wrist shot from the top of the circle by Rasmus Sandin that made it two to nothing. And again, sloppy play in your own zone, coughing up the puck, just not playing Islanders hockey. And we talked about this on the show yesterday. The Islanders needed to clamp it down. They needed to play solid defense. They needed to be the team that was going to win 2-1 to one and not, you know, just get the puck out, keep the game simple. They didn't do it. Who in this game played terribly? How about Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak? Both of them, minus three in this game. And, you know, those first two goals for sure, and really the, the first three goals, because it was 3 nothing at the end of the period. Pelican Pulak out there on the ice for those goals, and, and, and it just did not look right. It just, this team had no juice, no urgency, no desperation, and, you know, they finally decide to show up with about, you know, five minutes and ten seconds left in the game. They pull the goalie down 3 nothing, and yeah, Hudson Fashing scores to get him on the board, but, you know, less than a minute later, empty net goal. They score again, but did it matter at that point? And then another empty net goal, but... You know, you look at the final shots on goal, and the Islanders had uh, 40 to 25 in their favor. But if you look at scoring chances, if you look at giveaways, if you look at the effort that this team needed to put forth, they didn't have it. Scott Mayfield, two giveaways officially. Ryan Pollock, two giveaways. Sebastian Ajo, one officially. Pierre Engvall gave away two. Simon Holmstrom gave away the puck twice. And believe me, there were a lot more. There were some bad bounces. There were some frustrating uh, moments. I mean, good Lord, could J.G. Pajot have been any more unlucky in this game? What, he hit three posts in this game? Uh, you know, unbelievable that they just couldn't get the puck in, but they did not come out 
playing Islanders hockey. And when you are not emotionally ready to play with your season on the line, that's on the coach. And you can talk to me about, yeah, they, you know, Lane Lambert managed to keep this team in the playoff hunt without Matthew Barzal. And yeah, that's true. But throughout the entire season, throughout the entire season, the inconsistency of this team has been frustrating. And I know that we're dealing with a rookie head coach here. And I like Lane Lambert, you know, from a personal perspective. I think he's a good guy. I think he's been a good assistant coach for many years. But it would have been okay to lose this game. Not great, would have been upsetting, but it would have been, you know, understandable. Look, the other team is made up of professionals. They get paid too. But you can't lose in embarrassing fashion like this where for the first 54 minutes of the game, you don't show up. And the desperation that really, really needed to be there, it just wasn't there. And that's on the coach, and that's on the leadership in this locker room. And look, I'm going to say some things. Look, Pelik and Pulak, minus three. You know who else was minus three in this game? Zach Parise. And I'm not blaming Zach Parise for this loss, but, you know, the old adage is your best players have to be your best players if you're going to win. Pelik and Polak are your best defensemen. Zach Parise is your veteran who hustles all the time. Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Bo Horvat, none of them scored. Pajot, Snakebit, Engvall had a moment or two, but too many times this team coughed up the puck, played sloppy, did not go to the net, did not do the little things they needed to do to win this game. And at the end of the day, they didn't deserve to win this game. And to be honest with you, now that things are not in their own hands as far as the playoffs go they kind of don't belong to make they, they don't necessarily deserve to make the playoffs now they may still get in and we'll talk about that in our next segment but right now boy boy oh boy what a letdown of a game and simply put you got to be better than this if you want to make the playoffs and the islanders when they needed to come up big, they didn't not they didn't even come up small. They almost didn't show up at all until it was way too late. And that may mean an early tea time on the golf course for this team starting the end of this week. We have got more to get to on today's show. We'll have our unsung hero of the game, our go to the game. We'll talk a little bit more about what happened out there last night. Plus, we will have uh, our Islanders' birthday of the day. We'll break down the playoff situation and some other news about a prospect. So more to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. 
Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Grand Slams. No hitters and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the Major League Baseball action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. And hey, Islanders have one more game coming up Wednesday. You can use your knowledge of the Islanders to make some money possibly on the FanDuel app. And hey, Yankee fan, Met fan, check out the odds on FanDuel. Don't miss your chance for a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. I got to talk about the power play. I'm tired of talking about the power play. But they had their chances on the power play. Down 3 nothing. Capitals take a too many men on the ice penalty. Nothing. That was in the first period. In the third period, early on, Tom Wilson off for holding. Nothing. Six and a half minutes into the third period, John Carlson with a blatant holding the stick call. Nothing. The power play remains an embarrassment. Yeah, I know Matthew Barzal was sort of the engine that made the power play be below average or, or just bad, but without him, they're almost invisible. And that is certainly not acceptable for that. And look, you know, Ilya Sorokin did not have a great game, but I can't say I blame Sorokin for this performance. Yeah, he only made 20 saves in the 23 shots he faced, but, you know, they weren't necessarily soft goals. They were all off turnovers. Yeah, maybe one of them he would want back, but you know, you gave up three goals, Ilya. You got us this far. Where would the Islanders be without Ilya Sorokin? I don't even want to think about it. The chances to make the playoffs probably would have been over sometime, mathematically, probably sometime around St. Patrick's Day. Do we have an unsung hero of this game? Oh, boy, it's tough to pick anybody. I'm going with Hudson Fashing. He got the goal that gave us maybe that slight glimmer of hope. Never quit hustling in this game. One of the few players who was not a minus uh, in the plus minus. And, uh, you know, can't say, yeah, oh, Hudson Fashing had a great game. But when the whole team lays an egg, you got to pick somebody. As for the GOAT of the game, so many people we could talk about. I have to go with the duo of Pellick and Pollock for their failure to come up big in a big game. This is your top defense pairing for them to both be minus three in this game to turn the puck over the way they did. They almost sort of set the tone by, in a negative way, by the way they played. And again, you know, this duo, 
they're an important reason why the Islanders got that far for the most part. But boy, when the Islanders needed them tonight or last night, they did not come up big when they needed it. A very, very disappointing performance by this Islanders team. And look, let's break it down as far as the playoff situation is concerned. The Islanders are not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, officially, as of now, they're still the second wild card. Florida lost in overtime to the Toronto Maple Leafs. John Tavares getting the game-winning goal. That helped the Islanders because Florida has one point, and they're one point ahead of the Islanders now with one game remaining for both teams. The problem for the Islanders now becomes the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins are one point behind the Islanders and two points behind Florida. And their schedule is the easiest out of, uh, out of these three teams that are still really battling. They host the Chicago Blackhawks. That game is tonight at 7.30. And then on Thursday, they visit the Columbus Blue Jackets. These are two of the worst teams in the NHL. The good news is, just like the Islanders have been inconsistent and Florida has been inconsistent, the Pittsburgh Penguins have done more of their share of laying eggs this season after some strong performances. And while they've won three out of their last four, the Islanders have the tiebreaker over the Penguins. So if the Penguins lose once or even just get one, you know, one win and one loss, lose once, the Islanders still have the chance to pass them and sneak into the playoffs. But you're counting on two teams that have been tanking for Bedard for a long time. And Columbus and Chicago, by New Year's Day, we knew they weren't going to make the playoffs. And again, we saw how Washington played. Nothing to lose, relaxed, went out there fighting for jobs, fighting for uh, making an impression on the coaching staff. It could happen. It could happen. But certainly, you know, that problem for the Islanders is that you know, you're asking two of the worst teams in the league to pull off an upset. As for Florida, the good news that Florida only got one point in this game is that the Islanders can still pass them. Now, Florida has the tiebreaker over the Islanders, but Florida closes out their season Thursday against the Carolina Hurricane in Florida. Carolina may still need that win to clinch the Metropolitan Division title. If the Islanders can win and Florida loses in regulation, Islanders will pass Florida no matter what Pittsburgh does. So there are still mathematical ways for this team to make the playoffs, but 
They had their destiny in their own hands and let it slip through their fingers. And again, you know, if the Capitals came out and just played a great game and the Islanders played okay but lost 2-1 to one or something like that, I could live with it. But to not come out and give an effort, to just not show up, to be down 2 nothing, 63 seconds into the game when you need this game so badly. No, not acceptable. And, you know, it could have some real long-term ramifications for this team come this offseason. Playoffs are not out of reach. It's not over yet. Pittsburgh loses tonight. Islanders are back in control of their own destiny. In fact, if Pittsburgh even loses in overtime tonight, the Islanders would then, again, control their own destiny. And the good news for the Islanders is they face Montreal, another team that is at the very bottom of the standings that's in the Bedard sweepstakes that the Islanders will be back at home and they should be able to win, but, you know, after last night's game, I can't say anything is for certain about this Islanders team. All right, we've got more to get to on today's show. We'll talk about the Islanders nominee for the Bill Masterton Award, plus uh, an Islanders prospect signs uh, a contract, and we'll have our Islanders birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So the Bill Masterton Trophy was uh, nominees were announced by the Pro Hockey Writers uh, Association, and the Bill Masterton Award, by the way, given to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. No surprise that the Islanders nominee is Zach Parise, the guy who hustles who does things the right way, who scored 21 goals so far this year despite playing on a league minimum contract. And, uh, you know, Zach Parise, for everything he's accomplished in his career and everything he accomplished this year, deserves to be the New York Islanders nominee for the Bill Masterton Trophy. So will he win it? We don't know. We'll see whether or not he can do that and, and, and be... Uh, a finalist or win the award, but at least uh, certainly if I was going to pick anyone on the Islanders to get this nomination, Zach Parise is the right guy. May not have had a great game last night against the Capitals, but did anyone on this team really? So uh, congratulations to uh, Zach Parise for being named to the team. Meanwhile, the Islanders made an announcement that Matthew Maggio has signed a tryout contract with the Bridgeport Islanders. Why? Well, uh, the Windsor Spitfires, Maggio's junior team, swept out of the uh, Ontario Hockey League playoffs by the Kitchener Rangers. And, uh, you know, they were the number one seed. So, an amateur tryout with Bridgeport has been signed, and you know, Maggio had one heck of a year, 54 goals and 111 points in 66 games that led the entire 
OHL and, uh, you know, overall just a, a great season. So his junior career is now over and uh, he's yet to sign with the New York Islanders. But by signing this tryout contract with Bridgeport, he will possibly play a couple of games late in the season. And if Bridgeport makes the playoffs, uh, they he can play for them there. It'll give the organization, the coaching staff, the scouts a shot to see what he can do at the professional level and give Maggio a little taste of what that's like. So, so far, the Islanders, Bridgeport, have signed Jacob Pavanka, Christian Krieger, Travis Mitchell, Aiden Fulp, and Maggio to uh, try out contracts for Bridgeport. And let's see if they can help the Bridgeport Islanders make the playoffs. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And again, we're a day early, but Wednesday is the 63rd birthday of former Islanders defenseman Tomas Janssen. Drafted by the Isles in the second round back in 1979, came over from Sweden for the 81-82 season and stayed with the Islanders until late in the 88-89 season. His best year statistically as an Islander, 16 goals and 50 points in just 69 games in 84-85. He did win two Stanley Cups with the Islanders in 82 and 83 and was a member of the team that went to the Stanley Cup final in 84 but fell to the Edmonton Oilers. And he finished his career with the Oilers, uh, his NHL career, uh, at the end of the 88-89 season before heading back to Sweden where he remained active until the 97-98 season. Janssen played in 552 NHL games, 85 goals, 344 points, only 482 penalty minutes, add 11 goals and 37 points in 80 playoff games. Janssen, certainly a solid offensive contributor and a two-way player, good in his own zone as well. One of his better games with the Islanders, we take you back to October 23rd, 1984 at the Old Barn, the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, the Vancouver Canucks, the visiting team, and for Tomas Janssen, a goal and three assists in this one. He even had four penalty minutes in the game, so a four-point night, two shots on goal, the Islanders beating the Canucks by a final score of six to five. Frank Caprice, the goalie for the visiting Canucks, and uh, Kelly Rudy got the win, although Roland Melanson got the start for the Islanders. So, happy birthday to Tomas Janssen. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game at HL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game-to-Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back tomorrow. We will preview the final regular season game and hopefully not the final game of this entire year against the Montreal Canadiens at the UBS Arena. And we will have our weekly farm report and hopefully some more injury updates Still, uh, Alexander Romanov not skating with the team, not skating at all, 
Meanwhile, uh, Matthew Barzal skating on his own, but not back at practice. So that's the latest injury updates on the Islanders, and hopefully we'll have some more news in time for tomorrow's show. Until then, stay safe, everybody. Keep the faith. And of course, let's go Islanders.